Welcome back to Free Agent Fridays on The Andrew Hain Show. In this series, we highlight the careers, accomplishments, and aspirations of all the free agents in the sports business world looking for work in the midst of COVID-19. If you or anyone you know would be interested in coming on the show or want to get in contact with one of the free agents, please reach out to Andrew on LinkedIn. And now, a word from our sponsors. What's going on, everybody? This is Nick Lawson from Squad Sports. We're really excited to be supporting the Free Agent Friday series. A lot of great talent out there. Without further ado, this is the next free agent you should be signing with your sports team. We are back for another Free Agent Friday, and I have Alex Zito with me today. How's it going, Alex? Good. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. It's a beautiful day out, so I can't complain. Yeah, very nice. Just want to say, you know, I'm very happy to be here, very happy to be on, and you know, I really appreciate everything that you're doing for a lot of people like me. Yeah, no problem, man. Anything I can do to try to help, um, you know, I'd love to. Let's kick it off with, give us a little bit about your uh, college, you know, background, any degrees that you have. So I went to Mount Ida College School of Design, and that's in Newton, Mass. I earned a bachelor's in graphic design. When I was there, I was also a lacrosse player. Um, when you look at Mount Ida College now, it's, it's not there anymore. It went bankrupt. So now it's part of the UMass school system. So I guess technically it's UMass Amherst. Okay. When you were in school, did you work on any internships or any projects during that time? Yeah. So I think one of the most, um, or there's two, two projects that really changed my life, I think. Um, when I came into college, I wasn't really the best graphic designer at all. I'd taken, you know, two design classes in high school and everybody was, you know, way better than me, but I worked, I worked, uh, I worked hard. Um, and I won sophomore year. I won a design competition at my school. Um, it was for a, a fashion show. Um, so I was really happy with that. And then I ended up making a, poster for my lacrosse team just like a schedule it was pretty simple my coach just put it on his door and eventually you know I got a I got a call from the school SID asking me like hey we would love to have you if you could do you know you know fall or spring sports posters for all the sports so I did that and then he was like hey I would love to have you for uh you know the fall semester so I did football, soccer, uh, men's and women's volleyball. I got to do all that, which was really, really exciting. It was the first time I was like, oh, wait a minute, I can really do this, you know, for a living for sports someday in the future. What was it about, um, you know, graphic design? How'd you, you know, get into that? You said you kind of weren't that good at it at first, but like <laughs> what, what made you continue to pursue that? There was just something about it. Um, you know, I, I just... I loved it. I wasn't good at it, but I loved it. And I knew I had a passion for it. Um, especially in high school, like I always wanted to take this one class and it was always booked. So I finally got to take it my junior year and it was just incredible. Um, you know, nothing, nothing really stuck with me besides, you know, you know, history, you know, gym class, and then I was graphic design and I also love marketing too. So it was really, a toss up between, you know, should I go into marketing or should I do graphic design? I just thought, you know, graphic design was going to be really, you know, really fun for me. And it turned out to be a great decision. What about like sports? When did you decide you wanted to be in sports? 
all this, the story goes, and you know, I can't obviously confirm or deny this, but I was like a, uh, I was very depressed baby almost. And my brother was really into trucks and, you know, digging holes and mechanic stuff. And my parents just kept trying to push me towards that because he loved it. He's my older brother. And one day, my, you know, I was, I was not having fun clearly. And one day my mom threw a little foam Patriots football at my head and I just smiled and I just, I love sports from then on out. And, you know, I might not have, you know, I definitely knew all the sports logos and all four major leagues before I knew how to add and subtract and do all that fun stuff. Um, I was just a sports fanatic and uh, colors and logos really had an impact on my life. And, you know, <laughs> once, once you get one internship and that leads to the next and I, I would, I couldn't think of anything better that I could do in my life than graphic design and sports. So we, I take it you're a Patriots fan. I'm a sports fan. No, okay. I, I, uh, I, I do like the Patriots. Um, Who's your team then? If the Patriots are, are you a Bucks uh, fan now that Brady's there? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. Oh, okay. I'm a Patriots fan. <laughs> but you know, if I was to get hired by any other uh, NFL team, I would not be mad. I'd become their. Yeah, you know, you'd be their fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, so when you got out of school, kind of walk me through, you know, your your steps um, to kind of where you're at now. Yeah. So, like I said, like luckily I had that amount um, the athletic internship at the college and. That propelled me into Major League Lacrosse. I actually started out as an intern, um, and obviously, you know, didn't pay, so I had to go and get another intern at a marketing uh, at the college marketing department. So it was like two internships at once. So it was it was over a full time job, and uh, you know, once I got to Major League Lacrosse, which was like my big break, almost. They, you know, basically threw me to the wolves and I was just doing everything. We didn't have any designer at the time. They didn't have any production guy at the time. They didn't have anything. So what I ended up doing was I basically was the manager of the department um, of graphic design and I, uh, I got to do everything. And that was actually a blessing for me. Um, so then I moved on and I started to freelance for them. I actually made the 2018 MLL All-Star Game, which was Team USA versus the MLL in Boston. Um, that was a really cool logo project. Um, I went on and I kind of I realized there was one product in 2017 that I did, which was, uh, it was an autograph card, but it was also a roster sheet on the other side. And, you know, I, we, we give them out to all the fans for free and you know, the kids will go down, they can get autographs and just to see the pictures in Sacramento, the kids, you know, huge smile on their faces. They were getting the autographs from the players. And like, that was like another big moment for me. Like if I can give one person, I know you're going to ask me a success question. My, my ideal success would be, um, just to give one kid a memory that they can hold on forever. Um, that's, that's the biggest success, especially what sports have given me just to give back that one, that one memory to that one child. That would be, that'd be awesome. 
Yeah, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, you see it you see it almost at every game, you know, in some capacity. I mean, they're gonna remember that, you know, for the rest of their lives. So definitely very uh cool. What would be your dream job? Uh good culture. Um I wanna affect a large number of people with my work. Uh, I don't I definitely wanna learn. Uh, I wanna learn from other people. I wanna learn as much as I can. Um, and if I was to relocate, I know that's another question that you always ask, I would be willing to relocate. I would like to be a part of the community in some aspect, whether it's, you know, I've been a college coach for, for two, two schools now, and I would really love to keep that going at a youth program or starting up a youth program or, you know, helping out a high school program. Um, people don't realize that the arts, I mean, I'm in the arts and I'm in sports and, and unfortunately it doesn't seem like there's much funding for those anymore in, in school systems. So, which those is just sad the fun areas. That's why I guess they, <laughs> <laughs> they feed off of that. So, so tell me, so after you were at the, uh, MLL, um, tell me about the American hockey league and your, um, stint there. So I was at the American hockey league. And I absolutely loved it. Once again, I've never had a job that I hated. Um, so I've been very lucky in that aspect. But the American Hockey League was kind of like the same thing as the MLL. Um, obviously, it was a better you know, title. Um, I got to do everything from the ground up, making you know, book covers to social posts to websites to you know, the players' jerseys um the player stick tags like everything was all done uh and run through me um i had a great boss uh fantastic guy um along with that responsibility i also um i also helped out with like the marketing aspect in coming up with ideas for social. And I think that was one of the things I'm most proud of from this season was that we brought our social impressions from 87 million to 138 million in one season. And we missed the, we obviously we didn't have a playoff. Our season was canceled. So to have that large of a number of spike in the year that I was there was, was fantastic. Um, really proud of that. And it was yeah. all about just engaging the fans. Yeah. No, that's important. Um, what would you say is your biggest strength that you'll bring to, you know, a new organization? Um, obviously I'm great at time management. Um, I'm sure you get that a lot from any college athlete. Um, I know how to time, time management is, is key. Uh, I'm not afraid to put in the extra work, the late hours. I get it. It's sports. I always say like, Hey, are we doing this because it's easier? Like let's get it done right. Instead of taking the easy way out. Um, I think my biggest asset is that I'm really friendly. I'm nice. Um, and I think that goes a long way. I think every, every morning when I woke up to go to work, my first goal was to be a nice person and, and make someone's day. My second goal was to be the best designer that I could be. How, what's the area that you need to work on the most? So definitely one weakness that I do have is um, when a project's done, I just keep going back to that project 
So like, I'll go home, I'll sleep on it. And then I'm like, ah, I know I handed this in, but this one's better, trust me. And you know, if you do that enough times, it, it can get uh, annoying. It's always for the best, but sometimes I just can't let stuff go. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll come with some time, you know, as you, uh, you know, been through it longer. So give me a fun fact, I'm kind of, anxious to hear about your fun facts since you wouldn't tell me before we started. Yeah. Well, I'm probably, you know, one of the few people in the world that actually have, I have two degrees, both in graphic design and in four years from two different schools. Cause I have a Mount Ida college degree in graphic design and I have a UMass Amherst degree in graphic design. And I don't even think UMass Amherst has a graphic design program. So, so is that because the college shut down that you have the two or? Yeah. So if you graduated that year before you got, if you graduated that year, you'd get both. If you graduated before that, you would previously have the Mount Ida degree, but you could also get a UMass Amherst degree. But then if you were like a junior and you didn't graduate, then you were going to get a UMass Dartmouth degree. So it was like, it was like so confusing, but. Wow. Okay. Well, there's not many people then that have that. I mean, you know, there might be a few that were in your class, but yeah, there, there's a handful, but not many. So you said you're open to relocation. Um, graphic design is your thing. How about um, portfolio for people to check out? Where could people find that? Yeah, so you can go to www.alexito.com. Um, I'm sure the link will be in the video. Um, you can scroll through the portfolio. My resume is on there and my contact information is all on the website. Sounds good. Alex, thank you for joining me. Um, I'm going to go check out your portfolio now. Uh, just in case you ever do some side projects, I'm always uh, in need of some great graphic designers. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, we're back for another Free Agent Friday, and today I've got Allison Smith with me. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining me. If you can, walk us through where you went to school and any degrees that you got. Okay. So my undergraduate um, was from the University of Maine in 2004. I graduated with a degree in communications and double minored in PR and English. And then took a few years, worked in, a, in the jewelry industry, um, killed it in sales, managed a couple of stores, uh, worked for a couple of different family-owned chains. And then in 2015, went back because I saw the writing on the wall of what's happening in the jewelry, everything going online, and started my master's in sports management at um, Southern New Hampshire University and finished in 2018. So nice. yeah, it was pretty stoked. So what like made you want to get into the sports side of things? Was that like all by design or was there just an opportunity that you saw that was like, I like this? Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit of everything. I, I wanted to actually, my husband and I were sitting down watching Moneyball and good just, movie. Good movie. I mean, it's a great movie. And I was sitting there going, you know, how do I take my knowledge and understanding of numbers from sales and my undergraduate degree and my ridiculous passion for sports and put it together. Well, it just made sense to go in, get my master's and see, and then I ended up really liking it. And really, I mean, 
so many different aspects. You know, I think my favorite class was learning about how sports influence the community and what they do. And, you know, I wrote a crazy paper about the 95 Browns and like learned more about (laughs) Believe Land than anything else, (laughs) than anything, you know, it was fun. No, that is, I mean, it's sports, they do bring um, communities together, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think, you know, even right now with sports kind of kicking back off, you know, I think it'll really help, um, you know, everyone kind of hopefully start, start moving in that direction, get back to where we need to go with kind of what's your dream job in sports. You know, I think my ultimate goal is working with a team and with a group that we all have the, or not all, but at least the sales team has a very similar vision and that's to be productive and that's to be growing and in a positive energy and positive influence in the community. You know, I know that's very, very generic and vague, but I know that whether I'm on the ticket sales side or corporate sponsorship side, my dream is to have somebody actually see my passion and understand my passion and help to cultivate and curate it to be that much better and a stronger version of myself. What was your first introduction to sports as far as like internship or position? So I did my internship at um, the University of North Carolina in Wilmington with the athletic department over there. Haig was my manager in the ticket department. Um, and then Jimmy Bass, the athletic director, has been a friend of our family uh, for a few years. Um, my husband's locally a sports anchor, so obviously he knows quite a few of the people in the area. Um, and it just, I had to, I was there right when they did the reseeding for season ticket holders for basketball. Um, and I watched all the different opportunities that they give. Um, you know, I processed most of the claims. A lot of it, it's, it's a different dynamic. Your hands are tied in the ticket office. You're not allowed to pick up the phone and dial for dollars, which I thought was an interesting dynamic. Um, but it's definitely something that you learn from and you learn, I think internships are also strong for what you know, what you don't want in a career. And I had always thought I wanted to work in the collegiate sector. And I mean, not that I'm not open to it, but I don't think I want to do ticket sales <laughs> in, the t- in, in the collegiate yeah. level. <laughs> yeah. It's a grind. It's a grind. Yeah, it so, really... what, so when did you, how did you um, come about the Wilmington Sharks baseball team? I actually was interviewing for another job, believe it or not. And uh, the owner of our team Um, and I were talking, struck up a conversation and he said, you know, if this doesn't work out with this other team, um, I may have something locally for you. And of course my ears perked up and said, (laughs) absolutely. I don't have to move. I don't have to sell my house and I don't have to make my kid angry. You know, (laughs) so it was a great opportunity. I started out as a account executive and within six months they made me, um, the assistant general manager. So pretty quick. When you were selling um, for the team, were you doing selling everything like, you know, season tickets, groups, sponsorships? We only had a staff of four. So you do literally everything. Everything. (laughs) Um, Network like crazy out there. And the thing that I noticed when we started, 
most people, when they asked you who were the, when you said, I work for the Wilmington Sharks, they went, oh yeah, that soccer team? No, that was the Hammerheads. They've been gone two years. No, (laughs) you know, so. I was going to say, is there, there was a, so there's no soccer team there now. Not anymore. No, they, they pulled shop, I want to say in 2016, 2017. Um, But I mean, I just looked at it as an opportunity, put a little chip on my shoulder and just made it so that I became the face of the team as much as possible. You know, we built a um, reading program where it started out with 12 schools and then before COVID, (laughs) we were at 40. So we had over 6,000 kids that we were influencing positively to read, you know, and, and um, bring them out. Hopefully we're hoping to have them out at the ballpark and so forth. So were you with the team when it started or um, did, no. was it around? It, so it's been around for a little while. It's been around since 97. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. But it had never been actually treated like a business until, uh, until our current ownership stepped in, in 2017. Gotcha. So, okay. mm-hmm. how was um, any any other things that kind of stick out that you're most proud of while you were there? I um I landed a um I if everything had worked out with building our and renovating our stadium, I had a presenting sponsor confirmed, and I was pretty I was pretty stoked they were going to be a three year um, additional um sponsor of ours and I was able to take them and double what they were initially doing with us um, should that everything had gone through. So I was pretty proud of that. And then, um, you know, our original, and I know the numbers are different um, and depending on what team you work for, it's just adding more zeros, you know, but I took our team from 32,000 in sales to just having 92,000 in corporate sponsorships already renewed by January. And then, you know, obviously COVID hits and things changed, but I had another 75,000 on hold and ready to go until, you know, the season was pulled. So, and that was just corporate sponsorships. I think our total revenues were at like 315, 330. So they were getting there and I, you know, COVID hit for all of us. I know that. (laughs) So little buzz killer a little bit (laughs) and the way i look at it is it's just extra zeros like you know bigger numbers don't don't scare me i mean i sold a sixty thousand dollar one carat hearts on fire diamond when i was selling jewelry i mean who's gonna spend 60 grand for a single diamond but they do there's people and you know what i found it and made it happen (laughs) yeah uh what i've learned is you know the sales process is you know similar you know and Mm -hmm. You know, for me, going from a sport that only has maybe 10 or 12 games to baseball, um, minor league baseball at 70, Mm -hmm. you know, the numbers are bigger just because of just because of that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I I definitely I know there's people out there that say that and you see these jobs that are like you have experience selling seven figure deals. Well, I don't because I I haven't had anything to justify that yet. So, So. You got to find the features and the advantage and the benefits. And I mean, if you only have 26 games, it's kind of hard to do that for a $200,000 deal. Yeah. I mean, you could try. Yep. Put some golden hot dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What would you say is your um, biggest skill that you'll bring to your next position? Positive energy. Positive energy. 
because right now there's so many people that are so not knowing, not sure, and so hesitant about anything that that's something that I really try to bring is I can be a bulldog if I need to be, but I really try to make myself as a chameleon that if the team has a lower morale right now because of everything we've all been through, try to di- not diagnose, but build that back up and try to get everybody back in a positive moving forward manner. What's, what's the area that you need to work on the most, do you think? I mean, everybody always needs to work on their closing skills. I mean, I don't care if you're closing 80% of the sales, there's always, so I can always learn more about closing, you know, and that's something I'd love to learn more about. How would you define success? I had, I had a um, staff member reach out to me specifically to thank me for teaching them that I, everything that I did over, you know, over the last three months in terms of sales and so forth, because this individual said specifically, he never thought he could do sales. But I said to him, I said, you know what, let's try it. I, I think you can do it. And his first sale that he made, he went from a hundred dollar sale to his final add-ons were three twenty-five. Nice. So, watching my people grow is where I consider success because then I did my job as leader. Yeah, no, that's great. It's always always good to see that you know progression, especially like you said, somebody who maybe wasn't so sure about doing sales and. Yeah, being able to see them uh, do that, do it successfully, is always is always good. How yeah. about a um, a fun fact about you personally? Um, a fun fact. Gosh, I would say I'm allergic to cinnamon, <laughs> which is wow. How the did no cinnamon thing. toast crunch? Yeah, and it's delicious, and it's in everything healthy, and it's <laughs> the worst thing to be allergic to. But wow. yeah, all right. Well, it's just a good chuckle. Yeah, yeah. No, that's who. Who? Oh, I can't believe somebody's allergic to cinnamon. Yeah. So, in your next position, you are you're open to relocation. Mm-hmm. Are you just looking at baseball? Or are you open to other sports as well? I'm open to other sports. Absolutely. And what's the ideal like type of position that you're looking for now? You know, I would say leadership of some sort with um, either the corporate sponsorship side or, um, you know, if we're leader, corporate sponsorship is what I love because I love the relationships. But after my experience the last few months with COVID and doing a lot of training, I know I can, I'm confident in myself with the ticket side as well. Um, and I, you know, it, it's gotta be the right fit. It's gotta be the right fit. I, I really would like to know that the culture that we're with is right. Um, and that I'm open to either, I, you know, mm-hmm. and I know um, the guys from, you know, front office features would say, no, you're supposed to pick one or the other, but it's, I'm really open to either, you know? I mean, that's how I am too. I mean, I, I like them for different reasons, but, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, especially as you're going up in leadership, I mean, a lot of times it is both Yeah. or with, with smaller clubs, like, you know, like you said, so, so no, so hopefully, uh, I'm sure we'll see you back, you know, working soon, but anything that uh, we can do to help, just let us know. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, we're back for another Free Agent Friday, and today I've got Cynthia Charles with me. How's it going, Cynthia? I am. It's going. It's going. It looks like you're at the beach there, so it can't be bad, but... <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to be- bring the beach, bring a little uh, sun and fun to uh, the Zoom call. <laughs> That's, I love it. I love it. I can take palm trees any day. So... Let's um, start off. Uh, where'd you go to college and um, any degrees that you received there? Um, so I went to the University of North Carolina in Greensboro um, and I majored in communication studies, which is a liberal arts degree. And I also mannered in Spanish. Um, my coursework was really focused around the science and theory of communication mixed with a little bit of PR, um, kind of your standard comms um, yeah, just kind of your standard communications that you know in like the corporate world. What, at what point did you decide you wanted to get into like sports and entertainment? Um, interestingly enough, in college, um, when I started college, I actually wanted to be a scientist. And I just felt like, you know what, I'm, I'm a very social person and it didn't have the social element. So I was like, oh, I'm going to major in communications and uh, minor in Spanish because I come, I'm French Canadian. So wanted to learn another language. I knew the value of it. So um, I was like, you know what, I, I love being social. So in college, I started writing poetry and doing slam poetry. And which allowed me to be in different venues with with creatives. And I was like, you know what? I could see myself doing this for a living. Like I was very excited to be part of these various um, slam poetry productions. I was always looking for new ways to make those um, gatherings more efficient, bring more people in. So I just started to get a tingle when I was in college. And then when I graduated from college, I actually started working in nonprofit um, and loved nonprofit, really loved working, getting up every day and knowing that what I was doing was changing someone's life in a very significant way. Um, but I would moonlight doing music videos or um, working on um, live events. And I really, really loved that, but didn't really see any inroads. And eventually I was able to kind of freelance my way into um, various projects. And I left the nonprofit world and ran away and joined the circus. Um, And I mean that literally. So I- Like a real circus. Real circus. (laughs) So nice. um, I, I started working for a circus called the Universal Circus. Um, I was their talent and media coordinator. And in that role, um, it was an all-encompassing role. role. So I lived with the talent um, and we, we lived, worked like we were a family and, you know, there, there were no days off. Um, it was there. So we had talent from 10 or 15 different countries, um, spoke a Portuguese, Chinese, Spanish, French. So, um, 
had to be on your toes every day. So, you know, some days it was like, oh, lion got out of a cage, somebody <laughs> broke their leg off a trapeze. And then you also have to do an expense report at the same time while you're trying to get your hair done because <coughs> it works. So um, that experience was wonderful. Uh, we, I got to visit some of America's greatest cities for the first time. So I got to go to Chicago and LA and um, just got to travel the world, got to learn about people from all over the world. And I knew after that role that I just wanted to stay in entertainment and work with creatives um, and power creatives. When people ask me like, hey, Cynthia, what, what do you love so much about entertainment? Um, I love the ability to take someone's creative idea and bring it to the world. I'm the person that says, okay, so you wanna produce an album? All right, you do the album, I got all the other stuff. Like you bring the music and then I will get you the cover art. I'll get you a deal. I'll get you all those great things. And I just really take really great pride in my ability to be able to support creatives and in and, and bringing their, their creativity to the world. So yeah, that's, that's cool. That's a good, that's a good start. And definitely, you know, I can see, you know, the diversity in, you know, a circus too, which is kind of cool working with people from all over the world and, you know, just learning a lot about them, especially when you're so <laughs> on top of each other there for that, you know, those, those road trips. Walk through, you know, some of your other um, stops along the way over the last uh, um, 10 or 15 years. Well, I've had some, um, so that the, my longest stop actually was working for a gentleman by the name of Jeff Sharp um, as part of a company um, called AEG Presents, which is the largest, the second largest producer of concerts in the world. And I actually, I met Jeff shortly after leaving the circus and uh, worked for him for 13 years. And uh, to give a little bit of background on him, Jeff was a promoter when Prince was opening up for Rick James. So um, learned a lot from him. Uh, and in that role, I did a variety of things. So I did everything from ordering our insurance um, for shows to helping create content to teaching our team about social media. Um, I started that role in 2004. So this is very much pre-Facebook and pre-Twitter. And during my time there, just being able to watch the business grow um, to what it is or what it was pre-COVID, um, but also all of the technologies that happened over that decade. So things like mobile ticketing, um, you know, before it was like, people would ship me paper tickets. We would ship paper contracts to agents. And now it's like, oh no, just send me a PDF or I'll, I'll just download the ticket. So right. watching the, per being able to be part of it and watching the progression of the business at AEG was great. Um, Simultaneously, when I was when I was AEG, at AEG, I started my own business called the Charles Drew Bank, and basically what I did was um, artist management um, and strategic consulting. So two of my clients both were had major label deals in the late '90s. They wanted to come back as independent artists. They wanted to tour, and I just helped them create the infrastructure around doing that. So reforming companies, getting booking agents, um, you know, uh, signing licensing deals or label deals. So help, kind of guided them through all of that. Um, traveled 
traveled with them, went to some very interesting places. Um, and uh, what else during that time? Also during that time, uh, a friend of mine started a festival called One Music Fest. And, uh, you know, for the first couple of years, I just attended the festival and I was like, oh, this is so fun. And by the third installment, I was like, I think you may need my help. So <laughs> I uh, came on board and helped with talent initially. So helping to uh, book talent and also handled all of the on-site talent relations. And over the years, just had a variety of roles in, you know, anything from ticketing to helping with the marketing, to helping negotiate um, our co-promoter deal. So just was able to have um, helped help support the festival in a variety of ways. So when I first started working on One Music Fest um, in 2012, I believe the capacity of the festival, it was a one day festival with a capacity of about 5,000. Um, last year, the festival was two days, 20,000 people per day cap. So awesome. again, you know, being able to see the growth of something um, and being able to, to help lead that growth, it's just amazing to look at something and you're like, wow, X number of years later, look how far we've come, uh, regardless of the challenges. Um, and then what else? Uh, I got to work at Spotify for a while, helped them launch their playlist to live, which was the first time that they were taking their um, their playlists and turning them into paid ticketed events. So kind of using my experience in that world along with to create kind of an experience, a, a brand, a branded experience for Spotify to help them bring um, like one as a new revenue stream for them, but then two also to help bring, to help market their, their playlists. Uh, what else have I, I've worked at Complex. So um, 2019 worked at Complex Con brought a lot of great talent and brands together. So uh, my favorite project with that is bringing Nas and Cadillac together to uh, launch one of their new vehicles. And part of the um, launch was that Nas gave away a custom Cadillac chain. Um, so he was able to gift it at ComplexCon and, you know, the, the, it was, it was just a, it was it was very interesting putting it out together but again seeing that moment where he's like giving the chain away and you're like oh my god all the work all the work all the work <laughs> for this moment and yeah. to see a happy client and to see like this guy holding a chain and smiling you know this is what you do it for and then um last for the last year um i worked at essence fest and i worked in the experiential team and Essence Fest is one of the largest festivals in the U.S., seeing around 50,000 people to New Orleans every year. Um, and that was a, also a really great experience because I, I, was, I was working for a brand that was centered around Black women. And I think that was, that was the first time I'd had the opportunity to do that. So I it was just amazing to like go to work every day and be amongst your cohorts and then also be working like in, like in service of, of, of your community. And that was really the first time where, you know, I would sit in a meeting and everybody looked like me. And, um, you know, had similar goals um, and, and working in, in achieving those goals for our community. So I, that experience was just, I, I, I don't even know what the word is. Like to, it was, it was just, there, there is no word. It was just really great to have, to be able to have that experience. Oh, that's very cool. A lot of good experience all over there, which is, which is great. 
what would you say is kind of your ideal um, position that you're looking for now? I mean, now I uh, would love a position where I am doing what I've done best, where I'm taking an idea, um, a creative idea, and taking it from ideation to execution. So whether that's, you know, working with brands, um, athletes, artists to come up with products, events, um, charitable initiatives, uh, that's really where I, I shine. It's like, okay, you have an idea, you want to get it done. I'm like, I get on the helm of the ship and like steer. <laughs> Take it. So um, really, I think at this point in time, um, you know, one of the challenges that I've had to deal with is, you know, live events and concert business is really like my bread and butter. It's what I know. Um, but unfortunately, that's going to be something that's going to take a while to, to, to recover. And I've had to really sit and say, you know, what are you good at? Like, what if somebody dropped you in at Nike, at Adidas, at um, a mortgage company, at Home Depot, what, what, what could you do? Like, what are you good at? And that's the one thing I'm like, hey, if you have an idea, I know I will get you to the promised land. So it's more about the ability to continue to power creatives, like I said before, but then also creatives of all sorts, whether you're a startup founder or a musician or an athlete, like I, I want to be the person that supports you in the execution of your ideas. Yeah. And you know what, going from idea to, you know, conception and, and, building is not easy that is like a special gift and i can tell that you have it and um i see it all the time working with with people trying to launch businesses or there's a lot of great ideas out there that people have but not many people can execute on them to get them to get them rolling so um so that's good what would you say is your biggest um asset that you'll bring to a new position um i'd say being able to be effective um, in a business environment and still be humane. Um, I think uh, empathetic leadership is something that I very much lean on and I have and in the past, um, you know, it's been challenging in certain environments, but I think for me, one of the things that's very important is regardless of what challenges we may have in the workplace, whatever conflicts that everybody feels like they walked away from the situation, still hold like not, not like not demeaning anybody, not demoralizing anybody. Like we will have conflicts, there will be issues, but how do we resolve those issues in the kindest, most humane way? Um, I think that is something that you know, pre-pandemic was very much a cornerstone for me and it was very important. Like at the end of the day, we are all humans. We're working together in pursuit of this thing, but we're still humans. And at the end of the day, we we all have feelings, we all have goals, we all have these things. And I, I have to be respectful of that no matter what's happening. So, um, and profits and, and, and P&Ls and all of those things are important. But at the end of the day, those things become much more difficult uh, to achieve um, when people 
or demoralized. So I've found that the happier the team, the more engaged you are, the more, the kinder you are. It's just, it makes life easier. It just, people understand, people will run back to you and be like, can I come work for you again? Can, 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 oh, can I, can, 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 I will come work for you for free. Are you okay? Like, we'll check on you. We'll, we'll, we'll go above and beyond because you showed them a level of kindness. So to, to, to the fine tune the point, I think, the fact that I'm an empathetic leader that can still achieve business goals, um, I think is like my, one of my, my superpowers. How about on the flip side, what do you need to work on most? Um, I am not a great self marketer. Um, I can, I, I, I'm very vocal when it comes to, okay, we're working on a project and I, you know, I'm like, hey, let's focus on this thing. Like we have to focus on this contract because without this contract being this, we won't be able to do that. So I'll be vocal in that way, but I'm not a great self-marketer. Um, and I'm okay with being in the corner, just doing my work. Um, like, just like, all right, my job is to execute. So I think in, in you know, the past five or six years, personal branding is really important. And my personal brand has been much more of a fixer like, oh, you call, like somebody has her number and you call her and she'll get it done for you. Kind of like a more of a Olivia Pope type of thing versus, you know, having a very like forward facing brand and sitting on panels and doing a lot of things that my peers do just because I just, I was like, my work speaks for itself. And I think I need to do a much better job of promoting my personal brand and standing up and being like, no, I would like my name on the masthead. Um, I would like to be recognized for this. Um, so I'd say that's definitely a, um, a challenge. How about um, success? How would you define success in your <clears throat> eyes and mind? Well, I would say for me, one of the things I've been so thankful for is that for the past decade plus, I've never woken up and not wanted to go to work. Um, in like I've, everything I've done for a living, I've been passionate about. Awesome. So. Me too. I, I love getting up every day. It's like, I saw my parents as a kid dread going to work. And I was like, man, I am not going to do that. And that's what I tell my kids. Chase your passion, not the dollars. Um, the dollars will come. So, Absolutely. But, Absolutely. But, yeah, it's, that's great to hear. Um, how about, um, like, are you open to relocation? Are you pretty much set in New York City area? I am open to relocate globally. I am, I'm very flexible there. Um, I'm flexible in terms of types of roles. Um, so a lot of flexibility. It's more about, you know, finding somewhere where my skill set will be of value to, to the company. All right. Last thing, I always end it with a fun personal fact about you. Oh, fun personal fact about me. I was a public speaking and debating champion in high school in Canada. And I used to compete in, uh, in competitions throughout, throughout the country. Oh, wow. So don't get in an argument with you because you're going to win. 
Is that? <laughs> I have I have become less argumentative in my in my, in my <laughs> as I have uh, matured. I've have uh, I've put the debating hat down. That's great. That's great. I I appreciate you joining me. Um, hopefully, we can you know help get some exposure and and keep in touch as you're uh, you know continuing on your your journey and hopefully be by the palm trees and beach that you have there. Definitely. I so appreciate you. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Back for another free agent Friday. And today I've got Daniel Andrew with me. How's it going, Daniel? Good. How are you, Andrew? Good, good. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Um, let's get started. Tell me where you went to college and any degrees that you have. Yeah, so I went to Elmhurst College. It's in uh, the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, I graduated in December 2019, and I got a major in business management, and then I minored in sports management as well. And I saw that you, you played soccer there. Did you play um, all four years, or what? how long did you play soccer yeah, for? Yeah, so I did all four years. You know, I didn't start all of them, but uh, I was you know, a four-year member. Yeah, it was a great experience being a you know, college athlete. Yeah, no, it always, uh, I think it adds something to just, you know, who you become by, you know, playing a sport, you know, being mm -hmm. part of a team. A lot of it translates over well into the business side. So mm -hmm. when you were at uh, Elmhurst, did you do any internships at all? Yeah, so my one and only internship was with the Sky. So that was during the summer. I was with the sales team of 10 uh, really the youngest guy and again didn't know much about sales at that point just knew put my head down work hard ask questions and you know that's when I kind of figured out not only did I have a knack for it that you know kind of enjoy like you said like a lot of the the part of being an athlete translated to the business side I found like a lot of the intangibles and what I liked about soccer also translated to why I liked sales as well yeah when did you decide that you wanted to work in sports um, it was a decision. Like I always knew, like I've always been told do something you love. So, you know, being in sports around my whole life, it's like, why not you know, stay with it? And then, you know, my freshman year, I got a job with NCSA. That was kind of like a first job was, you know, just to pay for the fun money. And that was my first sales job. And that was really kind of when I fell in love and I was like, this is, is exactly what I want to do. So what's kind of your dream job that you'd want? Um, to me, it just kind of be, I guess you could see like the VP or like chief officer of sales. You know, I've always been someone where I've been very fortunate to have enough mentors in my life to kind of guide me the right way. So I feel like, you know, once I feel like I've gained enough experience in acumen, I kind of want to pass that information along to a certain degree. So that's kind of where I see my trajectory going or aspire to. So when you were with the Chicago Sky, what were you really focused on? You said sales, but were you, you know, working on like group, group sales or single game? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we kind of did a little bit of everything. So we did season tickets, groups, we did premium, you know, we're also in charge of season ticket renewals. So it wasn't a big organization. It was probably sales team of like 10 or 15. So we kind of just had multiple hats in that aspect. And then what was kind of your first gig when you got out of school? First gig was with the Spurs. Okay. That was something where, you know, I reached out. I met, you know, my boss at the time at the Mountain Union Sales Workshop prior. 
So when I started interviewing, we kind of had that background. And yeah, right when I graduated, I moved down to San Antonio and worked for the Spurs. And what, what kind of stuff were you doing there? So yeah, just season tickets, um, just mainly kind of new business development. So my job was strictly just prospecting and you know, bringing in new business in the season ticket side. Did you guys um, utilize any like technology to help, you know, with your process at all? And so, yeah, so, yeah. So we used Zoom Info. That was a big one. Uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And, you know, we kind of had, you know, kind of free range as far as prospect. You know, we always try to find qualified people, people who can pay for it. So you know, some of us use like the housing list since that's kind of public info. I always use the Department of Labor just to see, you know, what jobs are paying well, what's going up. And, yeah, so we kind of had unlimited resources in, in that aspect. That's, I mean, it makes such a difference when you do. Now, were you, you know, kind of like dialing for dollars, just like 100 calls a day, or what were you doing social selling at all? Yeah, so with the Spurs, it was predominantly like a mix of everything. You know, a lot of social selling, a lot of emails, trying to get out as much, you know, touch points as you can, and then, again, setting those face-to-face meetings. I mean, even at the sky, that was mostly a lot of calls. That was probably 60 plus a day. So kind of everyone had their own mixture of both. So it was kind of a combination of all three. Nice. I Are you a basketball fan? You know, I see you were the WNBA and then the Spurs, or was that just happened to be, you know, what, what got in front of you at the time? It just happened to be. I mean, it was something where I liked it as a kid. And then, uh, you know, my dad told me, you know, you're not going to be six foot and above. So that's kind of what led me to go into soccer. But, uh, yeah, it was something where, you know, as I was on the job, I kind of fell in love with the sport. Yeah. Well, and NBA has a um, – their their business side and their business operations is really strong. They've got some great people, you know, throughout the league um, that really develop talent. So – that's good. I've met a few of your probably coworkers and, you know, all of you guys are sharp. So um, what would you say is the biggest skill that you bring to the table for a new position? Um, really, that is someone who just, again, never settles for it. You know, even if I have a process that I go through on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, I'm always looking to kind of improve, even if it has to take a day or two of just kind of, trial and error and being uncomfortable and maybe unproductive. But if I know it's going to help in the end, I'm just someone who, again, is you know not satisfied with, you know, just hitting my goal or over to you. I'm always looking to kind of find the next step, you know, find a better process. And, you know, to be honest, that's kind of what gives me the enthusiasm every day is I kind of have that you know ability to kind of be creative and kind of push the boundaries day in, day out. What's the area you need to work on the most? I mean, probably something is probably with just, you know, being social with my colleagues. You know, I'm saying I'm one of those people who can hit a tunnel vision and can dial numbers and emails for two, three hours on end. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I could say the fire alarm could go off and I wouldn't even notice. But that's something I need to work on. It's kind of, you know, being a better colleague, you know, because I feel like you can learn a lot from others. and That's kind of learned as I go. But just kind of being more open, more friendly, you know, starting a dialogue with them. How would you define success? Um, it varies with everyone. I say it's achievement. I'd say, you know, achieving your goals, be it what it may, personal, professional. You know, you obviously as a salesperson have, you know, a goal to hit. 
but there are also other goals that people hit, whether they want to be leadership or just in a senior position. So as far as accomplishing your goals, that's kind of how I would define success. Very good. How about um, with your next position, are you looking to say in ticket sales or what kind of opportunities are you most interested in? Yeah, I just really want to stay in kind of the sports sales area, you know, no preference, whether it's group premium season tickets, just I enjoy selling. So whoever will take me, I'll go. And uh, open a relocation. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've bounced around. I started in Florida, moved to Illinois now here in Texas. So don't mind packing my stuff up and going again. Nice. How about a fun personal fact about yourself? Um, let's see. One thing I used to do as a kid, just because I was always bored, sometimes I used to read books upside down just because I had that ability to. Upside down? Because, you know, one thing we did, because, you know, I'm Jewish and we used to go to Hebrew school, so we always read everything backwards. So okay. sometimes if we had a school book or like if I had to reread or studying, sometimes I'd flip the book upside down and I could read it like normally, but it would just be from left to right just because I'm used to doing it through Hebrew school. I was like, ah, let's give it a try. So that was something I kind of picked up on. I could read pretty fluently and pretty fast like that. I had to try that and see if I can even get a sentence in, you know? Yeah. I can read the billboard. I saw a billboard coming back from Florida yesterday. It was upside down. Okay. And it was catchy, you know, like, because it makes you look at it and, you know, you can yeah. read it. So, so no, that's, that's cool. Well, I appreciate you joining me. Um, you know, I, we'll do what we can to, to help you get out there. And, you know, between the WNBA and the NBA, it looks like you're off to a good start experience wise. And I know both those organizations have some, some great leadership and uh, programs to develop talent. So yeah. um, I'm sure you're going to land somewhere pretty soon. Um, but anything I can do, you just let me know. Absolutely. Appreciate all the help you get. We're back for another Free Agent Friday, and today I've got David Anderson with me. How's it going, David? I'm doing excellent. How are you, Andrew? Doing good, thank you. Thanks for joining me. Um, if you can, let's start off with your schooling. You know, where'd you go to college and um, any degrees, internships that you had there? Yeah, I actually, I, I finished my, my undergraduate at University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, uh, it's a, a great business school, and that's why I ended up there uh, in the end. Um, and uh, so ended up with a business marketing degree there. And uh, while I was there, I, I played hockey as well. I was the backup to the backup goaltender uh, for the most part. <laughs> uh, four, four years of hockey in general in, in college uh, to play one game. Uh, but, you know, I just, I like being around the team. Uh, it was fun. I like sport. Um, I love uh, all those aspects of it. So, uh, it was a small sacrifice, I guess you could say to be able to have that experience. Well, goaltenders, man, are a special breed. I can tell you that in, <laughs> in any, you know, I have noticed it in, uh, in soccer, um, you know, hockey for sure. I mean, there's no way I would sit in there and take hockey pucks flying at me. I, I, I couldn't do it. So I give you, give you props for that. There are definitely a few times it hurts or it hurt or still hurts. Yeah. Um, but, uh, really in the end, you know, yeah, you have to, as a goal, you have to learn, uh, to be able to bounce back from things and not let things affect you and just keep going. 
Um, and uh, I think that's a great trait of, of goalies in whatever sport you play. Yeah. And I think just, you know, being uh, in a team sport helps in the business world. You know, that's one thing I look for a lot is, you know, are you a former athlete? Um, just because of the team being competitive, you know, all those things that, that help uh, on the business side. Now, did you grow up in Minnesota? Yep. Born and so, raised. So you had to do hockey. I, it's kind of like kinda, yeah. you know, the thing, peanut butter and jelly. So, <laughs> uh, so did you play pretty much your most of your life then? Uh, you know, I actually ended up starting three years later than everybody did uh, okay. hockey. So I got going a little bit late and I like to uh, make fun of my dad a little bit and say, if you only would have just started me, uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to start with everybody else. Maybe I'd be playing pro, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I played most of the, uh, most of my life. And what I did do is play other sports. I think it's really important for people to, to, not only just sample a lot of things, but mm -hmm. just become good at a lot of different things and be athletic overall, uh, but just be well-rounded in general. I think that's a pretty important attribute of, of people. Yeah, definitely. Kids. Definitely. How about let's um, kind of walk through your um, resume a little bit. When you got out of school, what was, you know, where'd you end up and walk well, me through? So actually when I got out of school, I, I had, I worked for uh, the park board of Minneapolis at a golf course uh, for years and uh, saw that uh, they were having an issue and saw a need actually within the, the park and rec board. So I made a proposal to them about how to uh, invigorate and operate their concession operations differently around the lakes, uh, all the major lakes in Minneapolis. And uh, they accepted that. Uh, so I actually uh, started that and was essentially their first contractor uh, within the park and rec board. And to, to date, that model is still being used. They have, they've taken it to a whole new level nice. uh, afterwards in all these years. And it's pretty awesome. They have some pretty awesome restaurants there now uh, run by contractors. Uh, kind of changed their, their business model. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So once you um, got there, uh, was Point Streak next or when did Point Streak come in? Um, so I, I spent a little bit of time in a more formal environment uh, as a store manager with Caribou. Uh, so I have uh, that retail background again to that face-to-face -face regular customer service. Uh, but then, um, you know, I was looking at stats one day, something I've always done, you know, um, statistics. I love them. Grew up, you know, looking at the backs of baseball cards and hockey yeah. cards and all that kind of stuff. And I just ate that up. And I was looking at USHL stats one day, um, you know, big junior league in the United States uh, for hockey and saw that they had a job opening in sales. Um, and, uh, you know, before you know it, one thing led to another and I was working for Point Streak. And uh, that was right at the threshold of real time uh, data in general, real time statistics. We were the pioneers in that. I mean, mm -hmm. literally the NHL uh, didn't even have real time statistics. And we created that there in Point Street. And I was uh, one of the early ones there. So it was a lot of fun watching that grow and started in a sales role, um, actually sold to and helped implement uh, stats in high school hockey in Minnesota. Uh, so that was their first statistical platform. And they're using that uh, to date uh, with another platform by, by this point. But, uh, you know, I got them going with that. 
and uh, grew into a broader role on the uh, implementation side and the uh, the content management systems, you know, the websites that you can build yourself and online registrations and uh, product support and tier two support. And uh, just took that and grew and, and built my, started really building out my operational background even more, you know, knowing to know or having to know all sorts of different pieces of the business and how they work together uh, and so forth. Yeah, no, I mean, that sounds like you had a lot going on there and, I remember about that time because I, I want to say I used Point Streak maybe in uh, 2007 ish, okay. and and it was uh, it was the hottest thing. It was the best stats program you know out there. there was really nothing even competing with it from that standpoint. I, at least in the you know in the the area that I was in. Um, so I, I yeah. like. Yeah, there was uh, there was nothing like it, and we took it and we grew it into uh, like professional organizations too on the baseball side, on the football side. Um, spent a lot of time with uh, a lot of those uh, those smaller leagues uh, or newer leagues in some cases. Uh, a lot of minor professional uh, organizations too. I spent a lot of time with people like that, and just to help get their product out there, right? Help. Um, that's in the end what it does. Um, it helps market market what they do uh so so um how did it go so from point streak you know you spent a little time with dactronics what, what were you working on there yeah so that actually coincided with a lot of the stuff we were doing with point streak we white labeled some software through dactronics uh so that type of software is the software that powers all of the statistics on the video boards that you see pretty much anywhere and everybody anywhere across the world yeah. and uh i you know, learn that software, train people on that software, help implement people on that that software of ours. And you know, frankly, at the time of Point Street, we were we were still a relatively small Canadian company, um, and I had a growing family and you know a need for insurance, uh, frankly, and benefits. So, so I you know I just started uh, uh, exploring a little bit uh, by by need, um, and Dactronic said, hey, you know, we have a great job as a, a trainer here and you know the software you know the platform uh you know events you know how would you like to come on and do that uh so i joined them and and that's what i was i was a product and trainer and consultant i took that handoff um from uh, all the different teams within dextronics and uh and then went on site with the customers and uh learned what they wanted to do what their goals were with their system uh, within the stadiums and the venues and uh, train them on the on the platform and help them get going in their first uh, live event or two. Um, so that was a, it was a ton of fun. We had a, a lot of great experiences, met a lot of great people. Um, and, you know, it's just such live events. They're so cool and they're so powerful. Um, it was just, uh, it was, it was neat. It was a great experience. Were you dealing with a lot of the same customers you were working with from Point Streak when you jumped over? Uh, I spent most of my time in the collegiate world and okay. um, a little bit in the minor pros. We had a little bit of overlap there. Uh, not a ton, but, you know, the same overall environment, yes. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And then you went back to Point Streak. How'd that come about? I did. So uh, Did they get insurance at that point? Is that, yeah. that... <laughs> they, they were able to help out with that, actually. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, a big part of why I came back. Um, but, uh, they actually had just purchased a, a company that was taking paper raffling 
Uh, so the 50-50 raffles yep. that you see practically everywhere now in the sports world, uh, they took paper raffling and made it electronic. We were the pioneers in that. And at the time, they they had you know a small amount of customers, a couple dozen customers, and they're like the junior leagues that you see throughout Canada, um, and a couple major professional uh, organizations in the states uh, as well. And they need somebody to help them grow, right? Help them become more professional. Uh, so I took all that experience from before and uh, helped make not only the platform. Uh, but the training materials and the support that we offered and the implementations and the implementation team. Uh, we, we made that professional and uh, we helped them take that platform and allow it to grow. And that industry is what it is today uh, because of what we did. Um, so I spent a lot of time doing that. And then I also helped out on the sales side as well. Um, you know, not only in helping uh, make you know, fit uh, proposals, if you will, uh, but really going on site myself and going on site with whether it was somebody like the Philadelphia Flyers or Pittsburgh Penguins or Phoenix Coyotes or teams like those um, helped uh, train their staff. I helped implement their staff and then we would uh, we strap on handhelds ourselves, right? So I've probably I, I can't even count the, the amount of events that I've been at where I've, I've helped by strapping on a handheld uh, after working with the volunteers and training that group uh, to be able to go out and sell, but then you had to go and lead too. So I, I sweat through a lot of events, um, you know, selling 50-50s for various causes, whatever they were, and just getting learning what, they, what they're about and then uh, turning that into something when we're going into the stadium and, and convincing people to sell, you know, why they should do it. You know, of course it's fun, right? But they're also helping out a really good cost too. And uh, the three years that I spent with them was the most fulfilling uh, time in my professional career, being able to help all those nonprofits and the missions that they, they belong in. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't hurt that, you know, in a span of six months, I was working the, the CFL Grey Cup and the Winter Classic at Ann Arbor, and then the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. <laughs> you know, yeah, so pretty, pretty cool events, you know. Uh, some pretty massive events that, you know, we had to do everything that we could to help them be as successful as possible given the environment too, so. Those those are cool. I, I just remember I, w I would go to a lot of Lightning games down in Tampa. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, man, they, they it's like the money that you see – they raise because um, I was on the board for a nonprofit down there. And I want to say, you know, we were one of the recipients, one of the, uh, you know, one of the games and it was, it was substantial. So yeah, that's no, really for, evolved. yeah, for sure. They, the lightning themselves were huge. I mean, they were averaging at the time I left about 20,000 bucks a game. So about a buck ahead and like, like a lot of the or, other organizations, people had never seen it before yeah. right so you would have some games where you would have two thousand dollars in sales uh because um, you know nobody knew about it but you just went out there and you worked hard and you just kept doing it and doing it and finding new ways to connect with people through the video board marketing or through yeah. the public address announcing and stuff like that and now it is it's a part of the culture in america 
like it was in uh, the in Canada two for years before that. So it's That's been cool. pretty awesome to watch. You see it up on like the LED ribbon yeah. or the video board where it's just continuing to go up. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay, I better get one of those now. <laughs> yeah, I can't watch I a game pay now. my car off. <laughs> I can't watch a game now without looking for that and seeing seeing where the sellers are and how the jackpot's going and how well of a job that they did integrating it with their game day presentation. Yeah. That's how I am with signage. Yeah. I go into an arena or stadium and I'm looking at who's advertising with the team. And then I try to figure out all the revenue they brought in that day from concessions. Yeah. To yeah. It's, <laughs> it's my curse. I can't help it. It's hard to enjoy. Um, but uh, it's fun. It's yeah. Fun. Yeah. So when you um, left point streak, where'd you go? So I went to a company called, they're now called the Spira because uh, they had uh, broken off from the, on the outdoors side from active. So active network is, you know, they're like a point streak, essentially, they, uh, you know, we're big online registration people. So marathons, triathlons, youth sports, uh, all that kind of stuff, a lot of the same stuff we did with point streak. Uh, they had um, an opportunity uh, as a senior manager of client services to come on board. I actually, um, you know, I, I, you know, wanted to continue to grow. Uh, myself professionally and uh, was looking to actually pivot into the technology world of uh, like a Christian type mission. And they had an opportunity uh, there with active at the time. And they said, you know, sorry, actually we just gave it or they had what was appeared to be an opportunity, but we want you to join on, on this side of things. And it's the outdoor recreation side of things. Would you be interested in that? And I, I thought, yeah, that, that'd be an absolutely uh, fantastic opportunity. Uh, so I was brought on by Active uh, slash Aspira now to manage uh, as a, a general manager uh, of a lot of large uh, government or state and local based contracts. So if anybody buys a fishing license these days or a hunting license these days, um, or a campground reservation or a cabin reservation. Uh, that was us. So I managed those those large contracts. And um, you know, while I was the main primary face-to-face -face person with the client, um, and managed that overall relationship and helped uh, the not only the relationship grow, but you know, sales. Uh, ideally, we were helping uh, those grow as well through the addition of new products and services and so forth. Um, but we, we did that by working through uh, as liaisons for both teams, right? So internally and externally, um, as senior client services managers, I uh, myself and my, my partners, we would, we would just, we had to learn all the business. We had to learn all the complexities of the technology uh, of all the different arms of the organization. We worked uh, while we were de facto project managers you know, we also worked with the PMO office and while we were de facto product managers, we worked with the product specific team. Uh, we worked with the executives, we worked with the development teams and the application support team and all those different uh, teams that helped make the contract and the product uh, successful uh, for not only the end users and all those people managing the reservations and their license purchases out there, but our, our um, government contracts as well that, you know, had an image to uphold uh, to, to the residents of their state and to their legislators and, and, and frankly, their governor's offices too. Wow. I mean, it sounds like you got a great background. What is kind of the ideal position you're looking for now? 
Well, I, I, I love being able to uh, work with all different kinds of the business. Uh, so, you know, if ideally, you know, I'm, I'm touching all those different parts. I see myself in the end uh, at some point of being uh, somebody like a CEO um, and, and an overall oper operations head. Uh, but, you know, if I'm touching clients, uh, if I'm touching development, if I'm touching uh, project management or working directly in any of any of those different roles, uh, maybe products as well, um, I'd, I'd be happy. I think that's a, a great opportunity for me to be able to use my skill sets um, uh, as a whole uh, together. So, and on top of that, I'd love to just <clears throat> really uh, just jump in further into uh, building my, my skill set even more formally as well. So if somebody's uh, open to allowing people further educational opportunities, that would be great. Um, since I was laid off, I've, I've tried to do my best to use my time wisely by um, uh, making use of Coursera on their online platform. I finished uh, one of the data scientists, you know, going back to statistics and my love of that, right? Um, one of their certificate programs in data science. I'm uh, taking in my next level of that right now, and that's data science and our programming. Um, and, uh, you know, hope to continue planning on, on diving into more formal uh, training as well uh, that way too. So would love to have that opportunity. What would you say is the biggest asset that you bring to the table for a new position? Oh, I, I, you know, outside of being, that's a tough one going between being personal and, you know, just being able to communicate with anybody, whether they're an executive um, or an individual contributor um, or uh, somebody at a manager level or even somebody who's a volunteer. Uh, you know, I have that ability to communicate with anybody and everybody and I love people and I love, you know, uh, learning about people and what makes them tick and how they work. Uh, so there's that. Um, and on top of that, too, I just, I, big picture, I, I really feel like I have a strong ability to, to always consider the big picture of what's going on. Um, you know, I think by nature, uh, I'm like that, but also professionally, the roles I've always had, um, I've always had to, um, you know, work in that environment where, you know, everything you do, uh, you know, over here has an effect over here and over here and over here. And so being able to understand those relationships uh, throughout uh, not only your company, but the external companies you're touching to or people or clients, um, I, I think that's my, my other biggest asset. What's the area you need to work on the most? Oh, man. Um, you know, I love... I do love uh, being creative and uh, coming up with concepts and uh, ideas and ways to innovate and ways to enhance things. Uh, so if there, if I have a fault, it's, I think it's sometime, well, everybody has faults. I certainly have faults, but I think, <laughs> um, you know, really, I think it's maybe uh, getting on uh, a tangent, if you will, like that, maybe a little too often. So, so sometimes I think I need to rein myself in with that. All right. All right. All right. Last one is I, I need a fun personal fact about you. Fun personal fact. 
Yeah. Um, okay. So I, a lot of people think uh, my wife and I overpopulate the world because we have four kids uh, and they wonder how we get by. <laughs> um, I don't think it's that much. Um, I, so I think it's a lot of fun. We have four kids, 16 and under, and it is. Uh, what are the ages? Uh, they are 16, 14, 11, almost 12 in a couple of weeks and uh, nine. So we'll have, we have two teenagers and two will be high schoolers. Ooh, uh, that's going to be rough. That... So, <laughs> and beyond that, um, you know, I, I'm a scorekeeper too. That's so on the professional side, on the side, I'm actually a scorekeeper for St. Paul Saints. Um, baseball, right? Yeah. Baseball okay. association team. And I've been doing that now for seven, eight years. I think I lost track uh, and I do that just for fun. And it is a blast just to go and, see St. Paul Saints production, yeah. uh, see the baseball, um, you know, keep score. Um, uh, you know, so I, I love doing that too. So I do that just for the heck of it. Oh, that's cool. I hear, I, I've never been to a game up there, but I've heard some great stuff about the organization and all the fun that they have. Yeah. Their, their organization's amazing and their game day uh, production on uh, their staff to watch them run is pretty impressive. And their ballpark is is uh, absolutely unbelievable. And for all the minor league ballparks that I'm in, you know, not trying to offend anybody else, but right. um, you know, that is it's also brand new too. But it is it's yeah. amazing. It's second to none. Yeah. Well, David, I want to thank you for joining me. Um, I know we didn't have a lot of time to really get into all your stuff, but uh, I think it was a good overview. And uh, I think you know you're gonna you're gonna be landing on your feet here soon. So thanks again. I think so too. Thank you, Andrew. All right, we are back for another Free Agent Friday. And today I've got Jean Marie Anderson. How's it going, Jean? Good. How are you, Andrew? Doing good. Thank I wish you. I was in Central Florida with you right now, but that will wait for a week. So it's, okay. it's raining and stuff today. So yeah, I don't miss that. It's all good. No. So, hey, um, Tell me a little bit about um, where you went to school, any degrees that you have, or, or specific, specific training. Sure. Uh, I went to uh, Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. So I'm originally from New Jersey. Um, but uh, yeah, I made, I actually, I went to Marist. I started as a history major. And spring semester of my uh, uh, freshman year, I kind of realized you know, I wanted to get into sports in some shape or form. And my brother worked at ESPN. So I had, I, I knew about that end of the business as well. So uh, I turned my major into communications and uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's been great. Yeah. So I got a communications degree and kind of right out of college. I worked uh, in the New York area for uh, sports channel, New York. On a show, uh, they were just starting a new show, so it was a great opportunity um, called Sports Nightly. Uh, so I worked there as a producer editor. So I edited and produced a lot of highlights and sound bites and feature stories and stuff like that. So that's kind of that's pretty much where I cut my teeth. Is, and uh, what like what like made you decide you know that's where you wanted to be? Was it you know your brother being in it, or was it before that even? Well, like I said, I knew I wanted to be in sports in some shape or form. Um, and I, I just, I love the creative aspect of it, uh, of television. Um, just being able to 
uh, create stories, ex you know, et cetera. Um, my father was a sports writer, so I grew up with a father who didn't have a nine to five type job. So, um, you know, I knew I knew I didn't want that kind of lifestyle. I know it sounds crazy, but I didn't <laughs> want that kind of lifestyle um, where I was, you know, stuck in an office from nine to five. Um, so I knew I wanted to do something creative. So it just seemed like a like a, a natural fit for me. So. And doing majoring in communications, it was it was somewhat of a broad spectrum, you know, of stuff. So you know, I did a little bit of radio, uh, television. So I got, I got a basic understanding of it. Um, I, I like to tell people that I learned more once I got into the workforce, once you know, real <laughs> yeah. life happened and I did. Exactly. So, but it was a great, it was, it was, a, it was good uh, training. Yeah. Well, so tell me about um, your time at the Golf Channel, NBC Golf. Yeah, I, uh, I 19, the end of 1998, uh, I got a phone call. I, I had applied to Golf Channel when they first went up in 95, um, and nothing really happened. And then 1998, uh, they finally gave me a call and were like, why don't you come on down here? Uh, so uh, I upped and moved from New Jersey down to Florida. Um, it, it, I'll, I'll be completely honest, golf is kind of my, my first love. Um, yeah, I, I grew up playing the game. My my father was a golf writer as well, so okay. uh, I went to a lot of golf tournaments with him as a kid, and so I I had been around the game, you know, media wise and just around the game in general. So, um, it when Golf Channel went up, it, it was kind of my dream to work at the Golf Channel. So when they came a call, and it was it was just a great fit. So I came down to Orlando, and uh, I worked on Golf Central. Uh, as a associate producer, producing, uh, again, producing features, uh, highlights, uh, you know, doing more producing than editing, which was, which was kind of nice. It kind of gave me a little bit more producing, uh, experience. I produced, uh, uh, cut-ins, updates, Golf Central updates. Um, and I worked, like I said, I worked on Golf Central, uh, the major championship preview shows. I did a bunch of features. I was kind of the go-to person for those features. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it was a great time. And then uh, about five or six years later, there was an opportunity to move over to uh, original productions. So I moved over there to produce my own show, which was uh, Quest for the Card inside the web.com tour show. Um, and uh, it was tremendous. Um, I was, it, it was my baby. I, I coordinated the whole show. I did everything from top to bottom with this show. Um, so um, it was a great opportunity. Uh, so I, I did that for a number of years. I also worked on uh, Golf's Greatest Rounds as a lead producer. Um, so, and I've worked on a couple uh, of the golf films that they uh, produced in that department. So, and then they had in 2015, they had a uh, restructuring, business restructuring going on. So they, they, uh, they made some changes and my position was eliminated. Um, and since that time, I've been working here in Orlando, uh, trying to help small businesses, personal brands with their video production needs for websites, social media platforms, whatever kind of video they need to market their business.
So I'm, I'm trying to branch out a little bit, but I, I would love to stay in sports if possible. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. So like yeah. now with your work that you're doing, kind of helping other businesses, are you doing everything like editing um, from creative all yeah. the way through? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm sh doing the shooting, the editing. Uh, I can script write for them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, kind of all hands-on type person um but and one of the things that i offer to the folks down here is uh that i can offer the folks down here in orlando is the fact that i know a lot of cameramen in town now having been down here almost 20 years so if they want to do a larger project um we can get you know a real professional cameraman so, okay yeah and um do you have all your own equipment i take it as well then for that I do. I do. I have a, uh, I have a, a, a small camera. Um, yeah. like I said, it's for more for web websites and stuff like that. Um, it's nothing mammoth, but it's, it's a good, Gets uh, it done. Nice little camera. <laughs> yeah. It's a good camera. It can shoot B-roll. It can zoom in. It's, it's good. Yeah. Good so what's your camera. ideal role then that you would, uh, be looking for? Um, I'm looking for more producer roles. Um, yeah, I'd like to, I, I enjoy the, the managing aspect of a show, coordinating it and all that kind of stuff. So maybe senior producer roles I'm interested in coordinating producer roles. Um, yeah, those are the kind of roles that I'm looking at right now. Just in central Florida, are you open to relocation? No, I'm, I'm definitely open to relocation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What would yeah, you ideally, ideally I'd love either New York or LA, but um New York is probably ideal. Okay. Um, but I, I'm open to yeah, I'm open to relocation. Pretty much anywhere. Okay. That makes that that's always helpful. Yeah. You know, then if it's like, you know, and especially, you know, Central Florida isn't a huge exactly you know, medium, you know, market yeah. for that kind of stuff. So exactly. um what kind of what's your biggest you know, skill or assets that you would bring to a new role? Um, especially in the sports medium, I think it's my knowledge of sports is, is a huge asset. Um, the experience that I've had um, working on all different kinds of uh, sports programs. Um, uh, you know, I've worked, I've done stuff for national networks. I've done stuff for, uh, uh, news gathering places that deal with a lot of local stations. Um, so I've kind of run the gamut as far as that goes. Um, but I think, I think just my, my managing and organizational skills, I think would be a huge asset to, uh, to any production. How about on the flip side? What, what's the area that you need to work on the most? Hmm. Probably. Honestly, probably, probably if I probably shooting and editing only because I know how to edit for sure. Um, you know, I know I've been in an edit room. I know all the, the, I know Avid, I know Adobe Premiere. I've actually been editing with the Adobe Premiere. Um, but it's just, I grew up editing tape. So moving to on to, to online editing. Um, it's just a little bit of a learning curve, but I mean, I've, I, I think I can easily adjust to editing. 
Um, shooting, I haven't done a whole lot, but I've done quite a bit, yeah, obviously in the last four years or so. Um, so, but again, I've directed cameramen and stuff like that. So I have, I have a pretty good understanding of them all, but yeah, if I were to say, you know, what are, what are the two roles? Um, I would probably say shooting and editing. Okay. That's good. Yeah. How about, um, how would you define success? Oh, how would I define success? Um, I think just, mm, that's a broad question. I, I think just, uh, just loving what you're doing. Um, like I said, I grew up with a father who was a sports writer and he absolutely loved what he did. You know, he knew he wanted to be a sports writer from when he was 10 years old and he just, he loved what he did. And my father, he always taught us, you know, when we were kind of trying to figure out what we want to do with our lives, he was, he always told us, do what you love, you know, cause you don't want to be in a position that, you know, a job that you hate. <laughs> you, you hate. You know? Yeah. So, I tell yeah. my kids the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, true. To, me, to me, that's happiness. That, that. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, how about a fun personal fact about you? Fun? Personal fact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've seen Bruce Springsteen 53 times in concert. 53 I've times. 53 times, yeah. Is there a restraining order or what? I mean. <laughs> no, I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm lower than most, believe me. So is that your, is, is he your favorite? What's that? Is he your favorite? Uh, yeah, yeah. Growing up in New Jersey. I was going to say, he's from Jersey, right? Yeah, he's, he's the guy. Mm. <laughs> 58 times what was the best show that you've seen of him uh actually i just got the download of the show um it's a recent show 2016 pittsburgh huh. you played on uh september 11th it was incredible. oh nice yeah, yeah. it's an incredible show wow yeah that's cool yeah i had somebody else um give me something similar it was like another bandit day of like <laughs> Like yeah. uh, stalked over the last ten. I think it was even more times than that. So, but no, it's cool. I yeah, I appreciate it. No, it was it was great. You know, chatting with you here today. Yeah. Um, you know, love to keep in touch with you, especially since I'll be in your neck of the woods in a week. So, okay, great. Yeah, give me a shout. We can grab coffee or something like that, or something, or lunch or something. We're back again for another Free Agent Friday, and today I've got Sharon Bashi with me. How's it going, Sharon? It's going great. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate Thanks you jumping me. on. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump into it. Um, start off with your college experience and any degrees that you might have. I uh, went to University of Delaware. Um, I was on the dance team there, and I graduated, I mean, a while ago in business. And then I went back later to National University and I got my MBA okay. in global business. So, and that was funny because it was kind of on the cusp of when online learning was just about starting. And now it's, I mean, that's what everybody does. So I got oh, in, yeah. I got in a little early with that. Yeah. Cause the schools uh, in San Diego. So okay. I would do most of it online, but I'd go out there every now and then, which was not horrible because San Diego yeah, <laughs> not a bad spot to go and, got to, and graduated out there. And I was like, why am I not living out here? So, but yeah, so that, that was, yeah, that was interesting to get in on the cusp of when, uh, 
entities were just starting to do that online online learning process. So it's really cool how it's developed and you know, I, I, I never went to college. So I've thought about doing that at some point and you, uh, you can, I mean, you can yeah. pretty much go to any school now. Yeah. Um, I know I live near Rice university and, um, they were offering $25 classes. Like wow. just, and a lot of it was geared towards like, um, interviewing resume, things like that. Yep. Very interesting. And I was like, $25 for rice. Sure. Take it. Yeah. I've taken Spanish there. I've taken different things. I used to work there. So I've taken a couple like continuing ed classes. Nice. There. They're great. They're great. Yeah. It's always good. I, you know, now I'm at that point where I want to continue to educate myself, you know, so might, might do that. When did you decide that you wanted to get into sports? I don't know if I decided. Um, <laughs> My dad's a huge sports guy and I grew up, um, I do have a brother, believe it or not. And, uh, but I was such a tomboy. So, um, I mean, we would watch boxing together and I'm just, I just always love sports. I played sports in school. Um, when I went into college, I really wanted to get into kind of sports medicine and I did go into, um, I worked in cardiology. I worked in orthopedic surgery. So I've worked in rehabilitation on that side of it. And, after doing that, I kind of was like, I just, that's when I decided doing that a couple of years. That's what moved me down to Houston. I ended up getting a job at Methodist hospital in cardiology, cardiac rehabilitation to be specific. And, um, after doing that a few years, I worked in device sales, the medical sporty side of things. And, um, then I was, I went back and got my MBA. And after that, that's when I was kind of like, you know, let me just test and see what's out there. And, during that time too, I was also a dancer in the NBA. So I was on the team side of things. Um, and then I got to work with the doctors as well, but I got a job at Rice. Uh, Coach Todd Graham hired me at Rice as his assistant for the football program. And that's kind of where I got my foot more into the operational side of things. And once I was there, I started working with football ops and just doing a lot of different things. It's not a huge program. So, you know, if you can wear many hats, wonderful. But I mean, I had the pleasure of working with Tom Herman at the time. And a lot of these coaches now that you'll see at these huge programs, we were just, you know, in our little bubble going and getting free birds tacos down the street. So, <laughs> I have stories. I could tell stories. But um, so, yeah. So then from there, I got, I was there for two years. Then I got in with the Texans. And I was there for a long time, 10 years. And then again, team side, team side. And then what kind of stuff did you do with the Texans? I did uh, first, it started out, they were, they called it sales and marketing, but it was, then they changed it to corporate development. So it was corporate sponsorships, sales, and they revamped the departments a little bit. My original boss, who's now with the Miami heat, um, he was over sales and marketing. And then he left and he went and did the naming rights uh, at the San Francisco 49ers stadium, the Levi's. Okay. So he went and did that and then um, worked his way. He had a great back and we hit it off right away. So I still keep in touch with him. He's wonderful. Name's John Vidal and I'll throw him out there. So, um, and then from there, you know, corporate sponsorships. And then we started taking things in house, like all our media things, you know, we started doing more in-house instead of outsourcing it, radio, TV, they end up building a broadcast studio. So more and more, you were doing more things in-house that necessarily weren't there in the beginning. So, and that was interesting because you learned a lot. I learned a lot of different things about, you know, how to incorporate other things that I may not have been exposed to. So a lot of hands-on 
uh, you know, working a stadium, this behind the scenes, what goes into putting on an actual event for 70,000 plus people. It's amazing. I, I can't sit and watch a sporting event. Like if I go to, an, well, when I used to go to Astros games, can't go right now. At the whole time I'm sitting there going, okay, they sponsor this. They're on the LED. Oh, they have signage here that, you know, My problem you too, I can't I, right. That. You're watching it a whole different way. Same with the Rockets. Like, Oh, Acme brick. We should call them. They, things like that. You know, you're right. So who's spending money? That's what you're looking at. Right, now. Exactly. Who's spending money here? So it's just a whole different way of looking at things. So I kind of, you know, the, the fan aspect, I'm still a fan, but I look, I watch a game very differently than oh, I yeah. So it's more and of then a business. I jumped in with the XFL, which, I thought I was very excited for it and loved every minute of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm sad that it had its little demise, but it's going to have new life within a week now. Um, August 7th is supposed to be the, the date for the bidding for the assets. Nice. And from what I'm reading or had been reading ABC and Disney, which, and then Fox, which were the two people we actually were um, television wise that we were on those broadcasts and that was in conjunction with WWE's contract with Fox and all that. So we had national TV exposure, which was really helpful. Um, and then there was another one that popped up just recently that I'm not surprised about, but I'm interested in that was the NFL was on that list of wow. 30 people. Yeah. Interested and, and viable, you know, money. Yeah. They have money. So I'm interested to see how that, works out but that was a great experience trying to you know launch a new team in a new market um in such a short amount of time but you know roughneck wise we did really well yeah nothing to be ashamed of we you know we were undefeated we had our training camp here locally we were slated to have the championship game here locally so what kind of stuff were you involved with uh with them we did all of us there's so many there was like 12, 14 of us in the office. So we halted a little bit of everything, but I was marketing and community relations. Okay. How was your transition going from like the medical side all into sports? You was know, that it, a smooth transition. It, it wasn't, um, it was smooth. Yeah. Because, um, working medically, you had to do a lot of administrative stuff as well. And I also had a lot of connections because again, like I said, I was, it's funny. I was working at Methodist hospital, but I was also a dancer in the NBA and the orthopedic doctors at Methodist were the team doctors. So I remember I was in the hospital and I had my, we wore lab coats, you know, I had a white lab coat on and I remember they were like, are you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's me. And so yeah, it was funny. They were like, wait, you, I'm like, yes, I have a real job. <laughs> I'm not living on it. I'm not living on an NBA cheerleader you know, a few bucks a game. No, I, I have a real job. Yes. So, and they were actually instrumental in helping me. Um, once they knew me and we became friendly, we're having a storm here, by the way. Um, they actually, the ones that got me uh, from cardiology into orthopedics. So I ended up working with the team doctors. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So they were, they're great. Still friendly. Still see a lot of those same doctors are still team doctors for the Texans and the local teams around here, the Rockets. So. So but what's yes. your, what's your ideal job you know, that you're looking for? <laughs> yes. If you had to give me my, right now, if you said you could have one dream job right now, I would love, love to be involved with Allegiant Stadium in the Vegas market. It doesn't necessarily have to be with the Raiders. Of course, I love football. So that would be right. amazing. But just the stadium itself, 
because I love events as well. I do events um, and sponsorship and all that. They um, are getting a draft back because they lost out because of COVID. Then they're going to get a Super Bowl. They're getting a Final Four. UNLV plays there amongst a million other things, once we hopefully get back to some sense of normalcy where people can actually come and go to right. events or productions. So I think that would just be an amazing experience to try and grow that market um, and work with all the entities. I know the Raiders, they have people banging their door down to partner with them. Oh, Every yeah. day they're announcing a new partner. <laughs> And honestly, I've always really kind of been on the team side of things in implementing contra contracts and assets and everything. I find it might be a bit of a challenge to, to be on the actual uh, company side of it or the partner side of it. Because in my experience, what I've learned is a lot of the contracts and the assets just don't get utilized to the best advantage of the partner. Um, Sometimes it generally the people that negotiate the contracts aren't the people that implement the contracts. It kind of gets you know, handed down yep. to the person. And it's not, their, it's not their only job to do that. They have a million other things that they need to concentrate on. So I, as somebody who has a team, team experience and knows that you start working on this stuff way before the season hits kind of thing, I find, I, I think that would be interesting to work with a partner, say, I'm just going to throw out a name like a Home Depot that does that in the sports world. That is very omnipresent in the sports yeah. world, like even in auto racing, different things like that. They, they, they value sports sponsorships. So I think yeah. I, that would be honestly my dream job right now. <laughs> and even in, in Vegas, I mean, number one, that, that stadium is unbelievable. So we were saying I mean, that they should try to partner with Roomba because it looks like a Roomba a little bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. They, somebody's got to reach out to them and see if they want to do something. There's gotta be like a Roomba thing on the video board, like a, you know how they do like the yeah the yeah like, the, the do like a Roomba race with a cat on it or something yeah <laughs> so what would you say is your biggest skill that you'll bring to a new position well again my background and my connections but I first of all just the love for it and the knowledge for it and then I'm really creative I love to exercise me my creativity I'm very detail oriented as well um and I don't like to procrastinate. I really like to get things done ahead of time. Sometimes, you know, I have to understand not everybody's working at my, you know, my speed or my pace or my time. Nobody ever it. is, is the problem. Well, but I'm always willing to, I'm not the kind of person that will wait for someone to do something. I'll go do it myself. Um, if, you know, if I'm, Time's permitting, time's going and time's going. And I'm like, all right, I really want to get this done. I'm not above, like I said, I'll sweep a floor, I'll empty a trash can. I'm not above anything. I will do it all. I've done it all. So um, if, it, if it's for the greater good and to make it stand out and to create this amazing experience for whatever your fan base, especially your clients, because they've, you know, they've partnered with you. They've invested in you. You want to you make this wonderful and you want them to keep coming back. So I, whatever I can do to be innovative and do something new and interesting, I do not like to push repeat. That is just, I, I'll push it twice maybe. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, this is boring. We need to, we need to come up go. with something. I need to come up with something new and exciting to do. So within, yeah. within reason, within budget. <laughs> yeah, that's the key. <laughs> on budget, that's the key. Or how find your money. How about on the other side? What do you need to work on most? 
work-life balance, <laughs> work-life balance. And I'm actually gotten much better with it. If I can get a workout in, uh, I work out every day now because I, I have time. But if I can get a workout in and just give me my hour to think of everything, think of nothing, I'm a much nicer person. And, <laughs> and I, you just, you know, when you, sometimes you just need that escape. And then I'll, I think a lot when I run and I come up with all these things. I really wish I could write stuff down as I run, but I come up with ideas and I see things. So I just, to me, work-life balance. I need to turn this off once in a while and, and take care of myself better. So, but I'm doing better with it. I really am. I'm doing a lot better with it. So I've always struggled with that, especially when I work from home. When I work from home, I just work all the, yeah. I work until I go to bed. And so I'm trying the to do a little, by bit, and yeah. little bit better with that. So, but um, how about, how would you define success? To me, I mean, I don't define success by material possessions. I mean, when you're younger, you think you want this car, you want the house, you want everything. And I don't, as I've gotten older, I was, I'll tell you success for me again is mental mental uh, stability and my health is very important to me. I had an illness and I'm a thousand times better. So you don't have your health, you really don't have much. And as we all live right now where everybody's getting sick and we're seeing, you know, your health is very important to you. So that's why when I feel good, then I'm, you know, I think clearly and then I'm just a happier person. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not things that make me happy. It's, it's me being um, just, happy in my own skin, me happy being, you know, where I am with my friends, my family. It's just as long as I feel like things are on a good plane, then that to me is success. Very good. I like it. <laughs> How about you um, mentioned a couple places. I, are you open to relocation? Yeah. And it's just me. So it's easy. I don't even have a plant. So it's easy for me to just pick up and go. <laughs> it'll just die. It's so not easy. worth it. It's more work I, than. Right. My only, I guess my caveat is I really like warm weather. Me too. So I have other, I mean, I've had opportunities. I just like, I just don't, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to live where it's brutally cold. I'm from Philly originally. So if I'm going to go back to the cold, I'm going to go there because my family's there, you know, all my friends are there. So it's just like, I'll do that. But, um, uh, yes, for the, but honestly, for, honestly, Andrew, for the right position, if I feel it's right, I, I'm, I may go to Fargo, North Dakota. I doubt it, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I would consider it. An opportunity. <laughs> I'll consider it. Yeah, it's a three hell of an Maybe opportunity. Maybe like six months or a year. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't see outside. I'd be so miserable. No, but anyway, yeah, I'll, I'm open to anything. I never say never. I'll always take an interview. I'll always take a phone call. You never know. Again, I've had instances where you've spoken with someone. You know that it's not yeah. going to work out. But later down the line. You don't know. I've, I've interacted with these same people. It's a small world. Yes, it can be. It can be. But it's worked out, you know, as long as you, I guess, you know, put your best foot forward and at least have a, you know, a nice conversation with someone. Yeah. It can work out. How about a um, fun personal fact about you? Fun personal fact about me. Wow. Um, God. Besides, you don't have any plants. I have so. no plants. <laughs> No, but I kill a cactus. I'm a horrible. I have no green thumb at all whatsoever. Um, what's the like? I said I was dancing in the NBA for seven years. You knew that. Um, what I mean? What's a personal fun fact? I'm vegetarian. I'm Italian. 
<laughs> How long have you been a vegetarian for? 25 years. Wow. Well, kind of vegan vegetarian. Yeah. No meat, no dairy. I've, I've wanted to go vegan. I just can't seem to get away from steak. So. Well, I'm in the wrong state for that. Like Texas is meat. So they look at me like I'm crazy, but I, you know, I did that before I left. And my mother always says, she goes, when did, when, you know, why did you decide to do that? I'm like, I went away to college. And again, being Italian, I didn't know that you could buy pasta in a bag or a box. We made it like homemade. My grandmother's made. I didn't know. I didn't know cheese came in individually wrapped slices till I was like 16 when you go to the supermarket, right? Because we bought it from the the Carlinos on the corner and they sliced it and that's how we got it. So I told her, I said, I went to college and the food was just not like I was used to. So I just kind of stopped eating things here and there and... I said, your cooking was just so good, mom. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. Anymore. She's like, okay. I'm not going to have that. I'm not having anything. Yeah. She accepted that though. She liked that. She liked that reasoning. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, no, Sharon, I want to thank you for joining me. It was good to get to, to know you, you and meet you in a short time, but uh, you know, I'm definitely, you know, I, I'm confident you're going to be back at it pretty soon. So you know, <laughs> hang in there and let us know how we can help. I appreciate it. Yes. Please keep in touch. Well, we've got another Free Agent Friday today, and I've got Daniel Salazar with me. How's it going, Daniel? Andrew, I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. I'm glad you were able to join me. I'd like to get started. Let's kind of go through where you went to school and any degrees that you've gotten. Yeah, so I did my undergrad at the University of Central Florida. Uh, My major was in hospitality management uh, with an emphasis on event management. I graduated in 2016 and then right after, um, I went to graduate school at the University of Miami to receive my master's in education in sports administration. And I graduated uh, from UM last year in in May. Okay. What, during any of your college, did you do any internships or have any other work that you were doing? Yeah, so when I was at uh, UCF, I started working as an usher at the Amway Center. And uh, after I, I, was, I, I was a fall graduate uh, in 2016. So after I, after I graduated, I didn't have a whole lot of jobs uh, lined up for me after that. So I moved back down to Miami and I started uh, working with the Marlins actually when I first got there. Um, mm-hmm. Worked in their guest services department. Um, which was really great because I got to work, uh, the MLB all-star game and the baseball world classic. Oh, nice. And, um, later on that summer, I would go on to work for the Miami Dolphins, um, working as a part-time like game day and event ops. I did that for two seasons. And while also doing that, working with the Dolphins, I did an internship with the Miami Heat, working their event service department. And then... Upon, and spring 2019, when I was getting ready to graduate, um, I worked with the IMG Miami Open Tournament uh, for tennis uh, over at the Hard Rock Stadium. And I also did some work with Inner Miami CF, uh, helping to put on their youth academy tryouts uh, when they first started up. And then after I graduated from UM, uh, it was when I received the opportunity to go to Atlanta to work for the Atlanta Falcons in their community relations department. Nice. So at what point did you decide you wanted to get into sports? 
So the, the answer to your question has changed a lot for me um, over the past couple of years. Um, you know, when I was an usher, I remember I would walk around the arena and I would see people walking around suit and ties. Or I remember I would look at the court and I would see people wearing headsets or, um, or having clipboards and they're bringing groups in and out of the court. And that's when I thought, oh, like, this is really cool. Like, I want to try and get into this, have a career in this. The thing was, was that I didn't know what area I wanted to get into. Um, I'm sure as you know, there's a lot of different jobs in sports from corporate partnerships to ticket sales, group sales, special events, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing all my different part-time roles and different internships, um, I tried to find my niche of what area I wanted to go into. And I gravitated towards community relations and community impact. So when I knew I wanted to get into that, um, I wanted to apply for jobs in community relations with any sports team and any league that was available to me. Um, and when, when I when I got the job with the Falcons and I started working for them uh, for their CR department, um, that's when I realized that this is the area that I want to be in. Like this is my niche, you know. So I wanted to work in sports because I want to help people. Um, especially for those who are in need. And I want to um, give our youth the tools and resources uh, for them to succeed um, in their lives. So when you were with the Falcons, what kind of stuff were you focused on working on there? Yeah, so I was the youth and high school football assistant. So it was a lot of outreach uh, towards um, youth and high school football across the state of Georgia. Um, I would help put on youth football camps uh, throughout the year. Um, coaching, coaching clinics, um, mom academies. I also ran and operated a lot of my own programs uh, that the Falcons do. So they do coach of the week, uh, which uh, they award um, a coach for not only what they do on the field, but what they do to give back to their own communities. And that's part of our coach of the week program. I also did power player, which is the same concept where um, it's an award uh, that's given to a player uh, who exceeds on the field in the classroom and also giving back to the community. And I also worked on flag crew, which was a really neat program. We invited a high school football team to come to Mercedes-Benz Stadium and we gave them a tour of the stadium and they got the chance to hold an Atlanta Falcons flag as the team was running out onto the field. So it was a pretty nice. neat experience uh, to do that. And my, my role didn't only just what my only focus wasn't just on high school football. I also helped a lot with the community um, outreach programs such as hospital visits, um, a lot of our military outreach as well that we do throughout the year. Um, as far as what you know, the Falcons do, what the NFL does, and also sending out care packages, uh, mail, uh, writing grant letters. Um, it was a lot. It, it was a lot. But I'm, I'm really glad I had the experience I had over there. And I learned so much from them. Yeah, and it's cool how much of an uh, impact that not just yourself, but the, the whole team can have, you know, on the community. So it's very rewarding, I'm sure. So what would you say is your biggest strength that you'll bring to a new position? I definitely think my biggest strength would be my time management skills. Um, I'm not one to be a procrastinator uh, by any sort. Uh, that's, that's gone all the way back to my school days. Um, and I've brought it over to my work life. Um, very rarely do I have to ask for an extension when it comes to certain projects and all. Um, you know, obviously I would ask for help and I would also ask, ask any questions if I had any because I, would make, I wanted to make sure I was doing everything right. Uh, 
Um, but I did everything with a timely manner. And I think that's really important. Um, I think that's, I think it, it's, it's hard for some people, especially when they get that internship or that first big full-time role for that time management, because you're given a lot of different things. And when I was with the Falcons, every day, every day wasn't the same. I was always given something new added to my to-do list and all. So it was all about prioritizing and, and, and a lot of time management and, Give, and put in some time to projects that needed to be completed. You know, I remember uh, my manager would tell me, um, you know, we all went to college and we all had papers and assignments to do. And we all knew what happened if we didn't do it. We all got zeros. Except in the real world, like there's bigger consequences than that, uh, than getting zeros. So um, I, I wanted to make Ooh, sure- right in the butt out the door. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to make sure I did everything in a timely manner. And that's something I'm really proud of, uh, my time management. Yeah. What area do you think you need to work on the most? I, I think the area I need to improve on the most is um, really just slowing down and not losing my attention to detail when it comes to my work. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, I, I kept a to-do list to do. And sometimes I had like 10 things, 15 things that I needed to do throughout the week and uh, things that needed, eat, that needed to be completed that day or later on that week. So I remember I would be on the keyboard and I would be like Speedy Gonzalez, you know, trying to knock out all these emails, trying to create all these documents. But um, there will be some times where I would like misspell a word or I would um, forget, I would leave out an important detail in a message or in a document. So really for me is just to slow down a bit and to really just go over my work and reread as much as I can. Uh, to make sure that everything's included in there and everything is looking right uh, before I hit the uh, send button or or if I give a document to my boss. Um, the way that I, I handle it uh, throughout the season was, you know, if I needed to turn in something to our owner, Arthur Blank, or our CEO, Steve Cannon, like what, what would they say? You know, would they point out something? Would they... Uh, would they mention this to me? So I wanted to make sure that my work was top notch uh, and everything was uh, mentioned and completed in there as well. That's good. So on your next position, you're, you're kind of looking for something in community relations. Absolutely. Yeah. Community relations, community impact, social responsibility, nonprofit. Open to relocation. Any restrictions? Yeah, so I definitely being based here in South Florida, I would love to continue working down here. Um, as you know, I've already worked for a lot of teams here and I've had a lot of great experiences here. Um, but I'm also open to other opportunities as well outside of Florida, um, as long as I feel that they're the right situation and I feel comfortable uh, with the organization. And I feel great about their leadership from ownership to the executive level to the managerial level. Um, so I think, I think that's really important when you're choosing what, what job you want to go into next or what organization you want to uh, go to. So, and so in short, yes, I, I am open for relocation as well. Okay. That's good to know. How would you define success? I will, I define success on a couple of things. Um, I define success, uh, when the work that you're doing, uh, is really generating or creating impact. Um, you know, it's not just busy work, you know, it's, 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 you know, that the work that you're putting is going to not only elevate yourself, elevate your department, elevate your organization, but it's also making an impact to those outside of the organization, especially in community, uh, community relations. Um, you know, when I'm at a community event and I can make one person smile or I can make their day, um, that means the world to me.
So, and that all, that all goes back to when preparing for the event, creating those documents, uh, work, um, working with other departments or working with outside entities to put on this community event. Um, though I, I feel like success is, is, um, it's, it's it, it, when you're, when you know that your work is impactful and another, uh, definition for success for me is seeing your teammates or your coworkers uh, succeed as well. Um, big shout out to Andre Sims and Evan Langfelder. They were with me in our intern village. Uh, they were with me in CR and I will, I will always, I always made myself available to help them with all, with any of their projects or any questions that they have for me, because I wanted them to succeed as well. As much as I want to um, achieve my goals and want to succeed, succeed, I want them to do that as well. And when I see them succeed, that only makes our department better and it makes them better. So seeing your teammates succeed, your coworkers succeed, um, that, that means a lot to me as well. That's how I define success. Yeah, it's, it's big and, you know, you can still be competitive and you can still like, you know, do those things, but in a positive way that you're, you're, you're pushing each other and, and helping each other. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, who wants to be the only one successful just sitting around being all, I mean, that's, there's no happiness in that. No. I mean, it's great when you got the whole group that can celebrate and, and have a good time. So Absolutely. Um, I, I like that. How about this? Give us a fun personal fact about you. A fun personal fact about me. Um, I'm an avid sneakerhead. I love sneakers. Um, I've, I've, I've gotten a good collection of sneakers and I'm also a big uh, vintage collector as well. Uh, actually recently, um, I don't know if you remember uh, Colt Brennan. He used to play quarterback, yeah, quarterback. In Hawaii, yeah. but I bought a Colt Brennan jersey recently on eBay. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's it's uh it's on its way here. Uh, it's coming from Hawaii, so I'm super excited for it to get here and to wear it as well. So I'm a big like vintage collector too. So, so how many shorts and memorabilia and all that? How many pairs of shoes you got then? Uh, I have about maybe 13 pairs. Yeah, about 13 pairs. Possibly still growing. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Man, there's so many good ones out there, and it's like there's way too many like choices. So, yeah, it really is. I I know nothing about the shoes, but a, a friend of mine has like a converted his garage into his shoe warehouse. Yeah, wow. Legit, it's like ridiculous. I'm like, dude, you probably got like 20 grand in shoes here. Yeah, might be more. You know, some of those sneakers. My son is 16. They're way way priced high. Yeah. So. And, he, and they can make a profit off of it one day too. They decide to sell it. Yeah. My son was telling me there's a website that it's almost like the stock market. It yeah. values the shoe. Like yeah, what? Stock X, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no, that's cool. That's cool. We'll have to check out your collection sometime, but um, thank you for joining me. Hopefully uh, we can help you get back, uh, you know, working soon. You know, you have a good, good, uh, good amount of uh, volunteer and, and internships and then your experience at the Falcons. So um, you can kind of see that passion that you have for the community. So uh, I'm excited to, to watch you grow in your career, man. Thank you, Andrew. I, I appreciate you having me on and what you're doing, using your platform to get a lot of people exposure is going to help a lot of people for sure. And I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to today's episode of free agent Fridays on the Andrew Haynes show. 
If you or anyone you know would be interested in coming on the show or want to get in contact with one of the guests, please reach out to Andrew on LinkedIn.